Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. You just heard the report, perhaps in the top of the hour newscast that the president is having a routine physical today at Walter Reed ties into today's poll question today at Smirconish.com. Nearly 15,000 have already voted. Does airing concerns about President Biden's age help or harm? Notice I said the Democrats' chances of holding the White House. I didn't say Joe Biden's chances of holding the White House. It is a Wednesday. It is the second hour. We make way for Mark Halper. And Mark, thank you for being here. I took all the arrows in the first hour of the program so that you don't have to as to whether it's appropriate to be airing concerns about the president's age. Well, I mean, I think we should be airing concerns and having a robust national conversation about not just the age of both major party resumptive nominees, but about their mental fitness. There's questions about both of them. And I think obviously you can't keep politics out of it, but there's a substantive reason. There's lots of doubts about both of them. Some people have doubts about just one, which I think it's not smart or fair. Some people have doubts about both of them. And I think it should be robustly discussed everywhere because chances are one of them will be president and whichever one is president is going to have to serve in the offices at quite an advanced age. And again, with legitimate questions raised on both sides about their fitness to do this job for four more years. I had a caller in the first hour who said in, in a nice way, don't say age because age is relative. There has to be another way to express it. Mental acuity, as you've just said, alacrity was suggested by somebody else. What what I was trying to get to with the poll question today is that if there is to be a conversation, particularly relative to President Biden, best it be had before the convention, because once the convention locks in the nominee, then it then it's too late. I don't think it's too late. I don't think it's too late on either side, by the way. Well, it's not too late from a chronological point of view. It's unfortunately, just being honest, it's too late from an institutional point of view, because the only people who can have this conversation, lead this conversation, um, uh, guide it, shape it, uh, is the media. And I've had this position my whole career, regardless of who is in the White House. With few exceptions, the media is completely inept at dealing with this in a way that safeguards the public interest. And I don't think in the next couple of months, all of a sudden, the 
media, big news organizations, who are the only ones really equipped to do this, are going to do what I've advised and recommended for years, which is assign medical doctors who understand journalism, not journalists who know nothing about medicine, to aggressively press for information. And in the absence of cooperation from the campaigns in the White House, do their best to explain what's going on. That's the only way to have the conversation. Medical journals, opinion pieces, doesn't cut it. You need big news organizations assigning doctors with journalistic instincts and understanding to do this. The New York Times did it for years with Dr. Lawrence K. Altman, unique in the field. But what we're going to have now is the Trump campaign putting out, you know, letters from doctors saying he's the healthiest person ever to walk the face of the earth. And I suspect the practice, I hope I'm wrong, but I suspect the practice of Joe Biden's doctors putting out information and not being made available to answer informed questions. That's the only way to have the discussion. Otherwise, we're just talking nonsense. Mark, remind some of us, educate the rest of us, the role that Dr. Altman played and how the Times in a different era did handle this issue. He was a medical doctor, as I said, a medical doctor who understood journalism. He wrote a piece the other day. He's still out and about, but no longer working for the Times. And he, he had the authority from the paper to be the interlocutor for the American people with presidential candidates and presidents to press for information and to ask the right questions. I don't have the foggiest idea what to ask Joe Biden's doctors and let alone engage in the charade. And again, this is true of Republicans, too, and the Trump campaign, even more so because they don't have a daily briefing to have a political reporter or a White House reporter, whatever you want to call them, ask the White House press secretary medical questions. It's a farce given the seriousness of what we're talking about. So Dr. Altman demanded answers, not in a, not in a, you know, an arrogant way or a improper way on behalf of the American people. He would say, here's what I need to see. I need this data. I need to know this information about treatment. And then when he didn't get the answers, he explained why it was important that that missing information be revealed. And he pressed to speak to doctors and not press secretaries. I, there's no analog to that. And, and, Every time there's a medical briefing for a campaign or, or at the White House, I urge news organizations, have your White House correspondents take the day off. Send your medical correspondents because they're the only ones who could actually apply expertise to this. But it never happens. And you've got, you know, non-experts asking non-experts questions that, that you know, lead bad questions that lead to no answers. That is not what the country needs. And that's true every four years. But it's particularly true now, given the not just the age, but the questions about mental acuity for both Donald Trump and Joe Biden. I like the way you said it. It makes perfect sense to me. Mark Halpern, the wide world of news. He's our guest every Wednesday. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. 
Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Smirconish program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Uh, notwithstanding the problems that we've just referenced on the Biden side of the ledger, he's on offense. Tomorrow is going to be a remarkable day, right? With Trump at Eagle Pass and Biden in Brownsville. Talk to me about the president, meaning Biden, headed to the border. Well, he's headed to the border tomorrow. Today he's going to speak about crime. I'm not sure what that's going to be about. But these are two big areas of vulnerability. Much discussion about what the president and his women and men should be saying about the economy. But I think there's, I think I know there's now a clear recognition that he needs to be saying more and different things about two issues that Donald Trump has made hay of for the past decade, crime and immigration and areas where in one case, immigration, I think any fair reading would suggest that Biden policies have failed. Crime's a little bit more ambiguous. The crime is down in some places in some ways. It's not primarily a federal issue, but it is an issue Joe Biden has worked on for a long time. And it is an issue where voters' perceptions of the two candidates favor um, Donald Trump, immigration and crime. So you see uh, one candidate's behind. And, and being behind in politics is a bad place to be. Because as a former Republican national chairman of Mississippi, Governor Haley Barber likes to say, as I invoked with you last week, good gets better and bad gets worse. When you're behind in a presidential campaign, all your decisions are second guessed. All the carpers in your own party, uh, you know, criticize you and have the upper hand to do that because they say, how could they be so smart inside that campaign, inside that White House if they're behind? As long as Joe Biden's behind, he's under some pressure and his team's under pressure. But there, you're seeing on Israel, on, on, on crime, on immigration, on the economy, and on the questions of his mental acuity, you can see clear public signs and behind the scenes, a lot of activity to say, okay, we can say all we want as our main talking point. It's early, there's plenty of time, but there's not that much time. And they need to be more on offense on these issues to try to diffuse what are clear Trump advantages on all those categories. And I think you're seeing that now in this trip to the border and in other steps they're taking to try to not just create the appearance that they're on offense, but to actually try to go on offense and to change the reality of being behind. Nate Silver said, sit down with four non-friendly journalists and prove that you've got the medal left to, to do this. Do you see any sign that they will do that? 
Nope. No. no. I mean, there's a reason there's a reason why he's not. I mean, of all, you know, of all the statistics about his being less available to the media than his predecessors. The fact that he's done one print interview with a major national news organization is kind of stunning. Kind of stunning. And um, and I don't suspect that he will. Now, the, the, the bedwetters, the carpers, the complainers, the Obama people <laughs> all all say he's got to prove he's up to it. Surrogates can't do it. Photo ops with ice cream cones can't do it. He's going to have to do some of this stuff. But I, 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 I say with respect that I've said this before, he's not in as bad shape in terms of mental acuity as Republicans say, but he's not as good shape as defenders say he is. And he he's 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 likely to have to do something. But in terms of those who say every day, tough interviews, you know, serious interviews, I just don't think that's in the cards because because even if his mental acuity was exactly what it was before and it's not. But even if it were Joe Biden's throughout his career in terms of temper, in terms of factual errors, in terms of telling stories that have been previously um, uh, uh, shown to be false. He's he's done things throughout his career, which if he does in the current context, given the public's perception of his mental acuity, could not just be bad. It could be literally what determines who wins the election. So they have to do everything they can to avoid putting him out. And just to double back to my, my premise, his mental acuity is not what it once was. So whereas he's been angry, uh, gaff-prone, uh, teller of falsehoods throughout his career. Now he also has a lower mental acuity, and all those things are 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 more likely to interact in some sort of poisonous cocktail that could put Donald Trump back in the White House. So it's a very tough decision for them to find the sweet spot between having him out enough to allay people's concerns, but not so much that he does the opposite of allay people's concerns. You made reference to Israel. I think the final uncommitted for the Biden election in Michigan last night was 13%. The question for Mark Halpern, what, if anything, did we learn in Michigan about the potency of Israel as a political issue in this campaign? Well, Michigan is is unique because of its large Arab American population and, and their organized um, role in politics. So will last does last night portend people voting for Donald Trump in the Arab American community or not voting in the presidential race it might but i think it's a mistake if you're trying to you know be a mechanic and and fix the biden campaign to say that their michigan problem is only about the arab american community because it's about young voters it's about liberal voters it's about um uh, pro-palestinian voters whether they're arab americans or not and it's about black voters and auto workers so it's got a lot of problems in michigan and i think last night's uh, results, you know, p- picked over because the press needs to pick over things. I, d- I don't think they either make his problem worse or reveal a new problem. I think what they tell us is he's got a lot of problems in Michigan and and the, the war in the Middle East, conflict in the Middle East is one big one and, and special one for Michigan. But it's not it's not a new problem and, and, and it's not an unmanageable problem. But they they're 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 behind now in most of the battleground states, and I'd say that's being generous with them, they're behind in most of the six states that will decide the election, and they need to come back. But there is time to do it. And as I said before, that they're clearly doing things to try to fix it. I thought his attempts to send signals in advance of the primary uh, about Israel, including, uh, you know, with Jimmy Fallon, I thought it was a little ham-handed. 
And I'm not sure what effect it had because we won't know. We don't have the counterfactual if he hadn't done it. But again, it shows that they recognize that they've got work to do and that and that they need to start doing the work. The next conversation that the two of us have on air, Super Tuesday will have taken place. That's amazing. I mean, next Tuesday is Super Tuesday. So Nikki Haley Mm -hmm. is still in, says she's staying in through Super Tuesday. I I don't doubt her. I take her at her word. If she's stuck in through South Carolina, I I don't know why she'd suddenly drop, but assess the situation in that quote-unquote race. Well, just as a somewhat of a parenthetical, although it speaks to Nikki Haley's, the arc of her campaign, this is why I'm a fan of the early voting states getting to go early. Because they do provide the possibility for a candidate of, any, of either party of any type to make their case without being the most famous or having the most money. Ironically, Nikki Haley has spent more than Donald Trump uh, you know, in these states, but she was able to overperform what I think she's going to do on Super Tuesday in these early states because of the human scale, because of the close attention voters pay, the ability of someone who's not as famous as a Donald Trump to get a hearing. But as we've, you know, opened up the aperture, we saw that in Michigan last night where, where she, you know, she lost by more. I think she could lose some of these Super Tuesday states by, you know, Putin or she level election results where, where he's in the 70s or, or mid 70s. And although not all of her money has dried up by any means, whatever rationale she has for going forward until now and through Tuesday, which people speculate about all sorts of things. It's 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 more likely than not that her capacity to go forward as being the right thing to do, including having enough money to go forward, will be basically over by Tuesday. But I don't rule out that she decides to keep going because some of the reasons to keep going that people speculate about will still be true, even if she's shellacked on Tuesday and and loses states 70, 30, 80, 20. Some of the reasons people said to keep going, as I'll repeat myself, will still be germane. And so she might, but my my gut would tell me, based on conversations I've had, that that Tuesday will be her last day as a candidate. It, it occurs to me tomorrow, leap day, so 29 days this February, but March will then be here. I've long had March circled on my calendar relative to the campaign because of Trump's ability to lock up the nomination and also because of the prospect that next month he could face criminal prosecution. He could actually be on trial. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the Alvin Bragg case. And I'm I'm kind of mm-hmm. shocked that as of this moment in time, the Supreme Court has not yet said anything about the immunity case. I believe he's going to get totally shut down. It's a question of how are they going to shut him down on immunity. But Mark, the longer the time goes off the clock without the court saying something about the, the immunity case, the more I'm of the opinion. And Amy Howe was a guest of mine yesterday from SCOTUS blog, very informed on these issues, reading the tea leaves. It's not just me. A number of us thinking it's bad news for Trump because maybe the Supreme Court is going to just rely on the D.C. Court of Appeals and that will get him potentially to trial before Judge Chutkin before too long. So speak to Mm -hmm. where we are, big picture, and what's about to happen in the next 30 days. Well, you said how. I think when is is as important as how in terms of what the Supreme Court does here, right? It was you and I have discussed and you've discussed on your show with other experts they could let the lower court ruling stand. They could take the case on an expedited basis, or they could take the case on a regular schedule. Um, th- that's the order of preference right there for um, the prosecution. It's a reverse order of what Trump would like. I never try to predict courts or juries. It's just it's just a fool's errand. But 
certainly if this were a normal case, they would take it and they'd hear it on a normal schedule, but it's not a normal case. And, and it would be kind of unusual for this a case to first impression, an important question to be resolved by more than just a lower court. But, but the reality is if they take the case on anything but an extremely expedited uh, schedule, then it'd be difficult to see how that case could come to trial before the election. I'll continue to say we're a long way from a conviction because that means the court has to rule. They have to get this thing going. There have to be no more areas of delay. They have to get a jury seated. They have to avoid a mistrial. They have to get a conviction. And then the political implications of a conviction are not as cut and dried as some people believe in my view. So I, I, I would say my spidey sense all along has been that the court would take, would do the middle position, that they'll take it on an expedited basis, extremely expedited, and there'll be just enough space for Jack Smith to go forward, for Judge Shutkin to go forward, and for the attorney general not to feel conflicted that he might have to intervene and say this is too close to election day. Just enough space. But it, the wheels of justice grind slowly and, and in an unpredictable manner. And you could imagine that even if the court does this on an expedited basis, and even if they don't agree, if they decide not to hear the case at all, not to take the case at all, there still could be delays that push us into the thumb. Lots going to happen between now and our next conversation. I'm already looking forward to it. Thank you, yes. Mark. It was all excellent <laughs> as usual. Thank you, Mike. Great to talk to you. Have a great Mark day. Halpern, the wide world of news. He's our guest every Wednesday in the second hour of the program. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Okay, gang, back to your telephone calls. I really appreciate it. Let's go to Dave in Las Vegas. Hi, Dave. Hey, how are you? 
Hey, I, oh, good. I just heard a comment that Mark Halpern, when he was saying about doctors evaluating the, the, the mental, you know, of Trump and Biden, the only yeah, way to determine mental- that is really having a debate. Let them go back and forth. And listen, I can tell whether someone's not doing very well, and so can you. If your parents are not doing well, let them debate on all these different subjects, and that'll tell people what the, we don't need a doctor to tell us that this, you know, that's just my opinion. Let them debate and let do and they, we can figure I mean, it out for ourselves on all different I can't, topics. I cannot think, I cannot think of, well, because there have been none. I was going to say for the amount of time that I've been behind a microphone, which is a long time, I can't remember being in a presidential election year and wondering aloud whether they will even debate. But I'm I am not convinced. I'm not. Well, I think it's wrong, too. I think if you're running for president, you owe it to us to debate. I'm not convinced that it's a certainty. I I think there's a significant livelihood. I don't know. Fifty fifty chance, maybe that there won't be debates. I hope I'm wrong. Well, And the debate should not be. It should be a general question. Let them go back and forth. Don't have a question that could be slanted one way. Hey, we're talking about Israel. What's your opinion about it? What's your opinion, Trump? And then let them argue for five minutes and then go to the next thing. And then you can determine their mental status. That's, that's my take. I don't think you need I, to be a doctor I know. to do that. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. Uh, I know from my conversations held here on air with Frank Farenkoff, co-chair of the Commission on Presidential Debates, that they're they're just going about their job, doing their task, which is to say they plan the debates. And I think it's been since the 1988 cycle that they've run the show. And it's, you know, they, 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 they are in touch, obviously, with the campaigns once the nominations are determined, but they set the dates. They pick the locations. They identify the moderators. This is, this is not you know, the old days of the League of Women Voters. This is the Commission on Presidential Debate says, we'll own this. We'll present it, America. We'll do the best that we can to keep it fair. And then they go to the candidates and they say, here are the dates. It's not like, are you available, Mr. Trump? Uh, President Biden, are you okay if it's October? They've already identified the dates. They are on the calendar. But the question is, you know, if you build it, will they come? Because this year, there's just no guarantee. I, I've, I've lost track of what the candidates have said. I know that Trump previously has said that he, he didn't want to work with the Commission on Presidential Debate. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether that will be the case. Uh, greetings to you, Frank. You are in Lillington, North Carolina. What did you most want to say? Well, as I, as I told the, the, your person there, I've been listening to you for a long time. Love your show. Thank you. I absolutely can't. I cannot stand the 30-minute segment with Mark. I just can't. Why? Because I honestly feel, well, because he's, he's so anti-Biden, from my opinion, and so uh, obviously pro-Trump. I mean, he says Trump has the advantage on crime. He's a criminal. Or uh, he says that the Supreme Court will more than likely. Can I wait? Can I say, can I stop you? May I stop you? I, I promise yeah. I'm going to give you ample opportunity to say whatever you want to say. Sure. Relative to sure. the crime statement. Can't both those things be true, as odd as it sounds, that Trump does own the crime issue and yet is a criminal? No, he does not. No, he does not. And he is a criminal. Okay, but the the polling, the polling, but the polling data suggests that the people who are most concerned about crime support Donald Trump more than they do Joe Biden. That's why I say that he owns the crime issue. Okay. 
No, I mean, when people when people like, see smash and grab, when they see street crime, when when perhaps Fox over amplifies some of the crime issues, it's not an issue that causes people to say we need Joe Biden. It's just not. It's a Trump issue. Let me ask you something, if I may. Yeah, sure. By what for what percentage did Trump win Iowa? I don't know. Do you know the answer? Tell me. 51, 51%. By what percentage did Trump win South what's, Carolina? What's, what's the point? Here's what I'm what's saying, the point though, what to, I'm to crime? Look at how many, look at, Michael, look at how many Republican voters right. have made the, decision, made the decision that they're not going to vote for Donald oh, Trump. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you were asking me from 2020. I, I would have given you the I'm answer from right, this cycle. Right now, in the, in the, yeah. in the primaries, Look at the states, the four we've had so far. Right. If you listen to Fox News, he's winning in, in, in great margins. If you look at the actual numbers, he won by he won 51% of Iowa, a state he should have won 100% of. He won 60% of whatever of, of South Carolina. He, I mean, Michigan, he won 70%. But, but, and then of those people that did not vote for him, they've absolutely said they would never vote for him. He can't get less votes in 2020 and 2024 than he got in 2020 and win an election. Now, what if what if I what if I told you what if I what if I told you that a particular candidate in a not too distant cycle uh, in a primary, because now you're talking primary, lost Texas to someone who got 51 percent of the vote, lost Pennsylvania to someone who got 55% of the vote, lost West Virginia to someone who got 67% of the vote, lost Kentucky to somebody who got 66% of the vote. And that individual who lost all of the contests I just identified for you, nevertheless, won the nomination and the presidency. His name is Joe Biden. Name is Joe no, Biden no, 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 no. His name, his name is Barack Obama. His name well, is Barack okay. Obama. Yeah. In other words, if you go yeah. if you go to let me let me simplify. If you go to 2008 and you look at the Obama Hillary contest, Hillary in all the states that I just identified and I could I could I could list Ohio, Rhode Island, Texas, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Kentucky uh, defeated significantly Barack Obama. And yet those who voted for Hillary obviously came back to the fold for Obama because Obama won the election. Now, I get it. Donald Trump is much more toxic in the minds of people than either Obama or Hillary. But it's not unique that you have a candidate who wins the nomination not having had, you know, 90 percent of the vote. That's the way it always is, frankly. Well, I hope if you you, go ahead, finish your thought. Well, I mean, I would vote for. Um, uh, I don't. I, I don't know how. How what I can tell you. I would vote for almost anybody than Donald Trump because I, I think get it. He is. He's crazy. He just. Yeah, is. I, he's the worst. Thing I that totally get it. In this country. And Frank, you're not. You're not alone. You're not. You're not alone. There are a lot of people who feel that way. Yeah. Well, Mark Halpern ain't one of them. And and he and he makes it obvious every time he gets on the air with you. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm I'm appreciative of your phone call. Thank you for that. And, and look, people say that to me every week, and they'll they'll say it about Mark. They'll say it about me. I promise you, the two of us are just sitting here trying to call balls and strikes. And I I think that 
certain media outlets are so shielding of the public, of some of the realities of the race, that then when you hear it, it's like, it's, I don't know, it's jarring. Oh my God, here, here, here are two individuals who are dialed in and junkies on this subject who are openly having a civil conversation about concerns over the mental acuity of both of these candidates. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.